and welcome to episode four of the Next Road podcast. This is a show all about rechargeable battery manufacturing. So how do we make the batteries you find in electric vehicles, laptops and your mobile phones? My name is Sophia and today we'll be focusing on patent law in battery manufacturing. I am joined by two special guests today from the University of Sheffield. Ellie Bibby, who is studying chemical engineering with energy, and Hannah Faulkner, who is studying European and international law. They are Fuse summer interns with the Faraday Institution's Next Road project, just like me, and we'll be discussing the project that they have been collaborating on. So your project is the review of the commercial and patent literature in the dry and semi-dry battery electrode processing space. So my first question is just let's break this down and define everything that's in that big sentence. Um, So what does patent law actually entail? Patent law is basically about intellectual property, which is what a patent is. It's like a copyright or a trademark. A patent is essentially like a protection for an invention. Um, So like methods of doing things like as we've done methods of making electrodes, things like that. Um, And so whereas like a copyright will protect a product, the patent protects a scientific idea for a certain amount of time. Um, Patent law specifically is just like the different treaties and sorts of things that different countries have about patents because they do differ. But um, generally what we've been looking at is just patents themselves. Yeah. Um, So Ellie, what is dry electrode processing? So that's what you're specifically looking at in terms of the patents to do with them. Sure. So I'll explain briefly for, I don't know who will be listening. So in conventional wet slurry manufacturing, they use a solvent called NMP, which is used to dissolve the binder. Uh, which is then put onto the collector, which has to be dried in a hot oven. And the solvent obviously has to be recovered with special systems because the solvent's genuinely, generally quite expensive. So in dry processing, there's essentially no solvent used to dissolve the binder. So only dry particles are present in the mixture. So the dry mixture can then be processed to make an electrode. But in essence, the major difference is that there is no solvent. It's obviously better for the environment, but it also reduces capital costs. It reduces the need for solvent recovery systems and the factory floor space itself. Obviously, from a technical aspect, the key advantage is that when the particles are dry, as opposed to being mixed in a wet slurry, you have more control over the distribution of the particles. This ultimately results in an electrode with a better electrochemical performance and a higher energy density because the solvent commonly creates a uniform distribution which limits the performance and durability of the electrode. So this project is so relevant to battery manufacturing in the future with the electrification of transport, which is going on. We want, and you know, the UK wants to be carbon neutral by 2050. Having more research into dry electrode processing is super important. I mean, batteries are already going to be helping the environment so much by having an energy storage system for things like solar power and wind power so it's really important to also focus on the manufacturing process of the battery itself and make that more environmentally friendly too so you two haven't met before doing this project have you no we We haven't now so it must have been like a really steep learning curve learning about each other's fields and what has it been like collaborating with each other so I think the, from my 
perspective from an engineering point of view especially at Sheffield they like to really focus on interdisciplinary teams and like teamwork and things like that so I think it, that almost well equipped me to start with but I think actually working with someone who isn't from engineering at all I think I've honestly learned so much and yeah. I, I think we both provide really good different aspects to the project and it's been nice like having an almost a familiar face back in Sheffield who's on a different course which is a lovely thing I think yeah how about you Hannah how have you found it um I've really enjoyed it and I think in law we don't obviously collaborate with um anyone outside of the law itself we we have some interdisciplinary things but that's mainly just like law with Spanish or law with criminology which isn't that much of a difference really and so to to collaborate on a project with someone just in a completely almost opposite field has been really interesting and just almost like a breath of fresh air in a way but it kind of does make you realise that while they're completely almost completely different disciplines there's so many overlaps Mm. Um, that you just don't really know about until you find these sort of specialist projects. Yeah so I mean as an undergraduate chemist myself I never thought about patent law and scientific research before I met you guys so do you think it should be mentioned in STEM courses at university? So Ellie you're doing a STEM course what do you think? Honestly I, I feel almost disappointed that I've never heard of it before because I think it can really the, the amount you can actually learn from it I think people have almost been like limiting themselves because they didn't actually know it existed and I think one of the main things that I've learned from Hannah as well in industry uh, we have things like patent attorneys to do these things but patent attorneys are actually formerly STEM students from university which is so interesting because I would never even consider that as a career or know it is a career yeah and, you know, there might be so, so many talented people that would have been amazing at that and they just have no idea what it even is. I mean, I think it could be a really interesting thing to incorporate into a lab report because, like, when you're doing undergraduate labs, the whole point of that is to prepare us for real research later on. And it seems like patent law is a component of that. So I think that would be an amazing thing to incorporate into university curriculums. I definitely you- agree. Yeah. How about you, Hannah? Do you think, like, do you, do you agree with Ellie on this? Yeah, I do. And I think it would be almost sort of relevant real world experience if there are more sort of collaborations between maybe the two schools of yeah. like, School of Law and then STEM. Um, because obviously when you're working in an in industry, you will have the patent attorneys and you'll have that sort of or you'll be working with the company lawyers or something like that. So to get almost like a real working place um, yeah. feel of some a project, maybe more collaborations between the two could almost just give a kind of a real taster of what, what it is actually like working with someone from a different discipline, working together to, and it, it would help STEM students who are maybe wanting to be patent attorneys to prepare them for what um, legal research and legal aspects of things alike. Yeah. So can you tell us about what your project actually entails then? So in obviously specifically we've been as part of Nextrode which looks at next generation electrodes we are looking at the electrodes specifically but more more generally 
we are essentially looking through different types of literature. I mean, that commercially could be just like news reports, uh, press releases, things like that. And then alternatively, looking at the patent literature, we almost want to compare the two. Obviously, to, ref to help us define that further, we're looking at electrodes. But I mean, what we're doing can really be applied to any technology in any field. Yeah. So who is like the project aimed at? Is it students or like researchers? I think for what we're developing, which is yeah. hopefully a guide, I suppose, to or a toolkit, I guess, for um, people to navigate patent literature as a point of call for research would probably be aimed more at student researchers and possibly with a further scope of if anyone wanted to develop it into one for more experienced researchers but um considering like yourself you mentioned you hadn't really heard of patents mm -hmm. much before as a as a place to look yeah um it could really open up avenues for undergraduate research in as you say lab reports or any uh, dissertations and things like that yeah um and really just expand uh, a student's knowledge on it that's amazing so what do you think the end result is going to be do you plan to develop this project in the future so i think for initially we are almost designing our project in a way that we would have would have helped us at the beginning of this project had we been able to start it all over again yeah and then our hope for like impact and next steps is sort of if we had more input from other people, such as more people in industry, PDRA researchers, we would be able to develop it further and for a wider audience. But as a, as a like Hannah said, beginners from all different disciplines could use this. It doesn't necessarily have to be aimed at student researchers. Yeah, I mean, and the Faraday Institution is a great place to start with that because they are talking to people at different universities and different and in different industry facilities and stuff like that. So that's really cool. So can you tell me a bit more about the different tools you've made and how they work? So, well, I mean, we kind of just looked at what was already there and like the different sort of ways of looking for through pattern literature. Then we kind of went into, um, sort of looked at that and then took it and kind of simplified it in a way and took bits from each one we looked at and yeah. make it into a more simple methodology so the tools that we're making are sort of supposed to complement that because obviously while we've been researching we've gotten to grips with some of the terminology some of the different things like patent codes which are quite important when searching for it so we've sort of come up with some tools to help with that so I've made a glossary of terms that could be helpful to any researchers and, um, and Ellie sort of made a guide on the subcodes. And it's so useful working together on that because I'm assuming in both of your fields like Hannah some of the, the law specific words might just be common knowledge to you but it might not be common knowledge to a scientist. Yeah it's great that you, you've really easily been able to target STEM students with both of you working together with your project you've made a survey to get the public's and like students understanding of battery technology and patent law how has that gone what are the results like so far with your survey 
So we started off first just launching it to our direct project group uh, and then developing it, trying to work on it. And then we got gave it to our department as well. And yeah. just recently we've also launched it on LinkedIn just so we can try and yeah. get more of um, an industry and professionals to sort of fill it into. That's going to be more part of our impact and next steps. But in, in general, it is our belief that young researchers are, are less inclined to reach for patent literature because it's less familiar to them and they're not given the resources and tools they need to actually navigate it properly. And I think that's something that's really important because as a researcher, and especially for me, who also wants to look into the industry side as well as research, it's really important and valuable to know what is commercially going to be feasible, like what technologies are actually going to be developed by the big companies and what is just going to remain research. Because as you said, we've got target for 2050. Yeah. So it's not, patent law is literally what is currently going on, what is going to be developed, mm. like what is happening. Yeah, I mean, and there's also so many different types of batteries, as well as, you know, the whole dry electroprocessing method. There's sodium ion batteries, there's all these different materials that people are talking about. In the last episode, I mentioned about replacing cobalt in lithium ion batteries due to ethical concerns with mining. So I'm assuming patents are going to be involved in all of these new processes. So your tool is really, really important. So after this next road project internship finishes, what are the next steps for both of you? Ellie, what are your next steps? So I'm going into my third year in September at Sheffield and it'll be my first year sort of specialising in energy, which is really exciting. Uh, I'm going to do my first module sort of on batteries, which I'm really looking forward to apply what I've learned into that. And also I'm hoping to go on a year long uh, year in industry next year. So I'll be applying for that also. Yeah. I mean, you're going to smash the battery module now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I hope so. (laughs) How about you, Hannah? What are your next steps after this? Uh, After this, one of my modules is actually a law research project. So this is going to be, the skills from this are going to be quite, quite useful for that. And then after after this year, hopefully going to do a master's master's degree. Is that just going to be in like law in general or a specific type of law? Um, possibly a specific type, um, yeah. but maybe a general one as well. But um, I really like rights law, so that could be an area that I end up specialising in. That's really interesting. Do either of you see working in well I guess for Hannah just STEM in general or relating you know being a lawyer in industry or something or for Ellie do you see yourself working in batteries in the future? To be fair intellectual property law is really interesting actually so yeah I could see myself possibly specialising in that or That's really um, looking at further internships relating to it mm-hmm. so it's it's a definite um, the internship this summer has definitely been very helpful in sort of broadening um, prospects, I suppose. Yeah. How about you, Ellie? Yeah, I think it may not specifically batteries, but definitely I'm going to stay within the energy storage sector and I'm going to try and get my placement in something to do with energy and energy storage because, as we found out, more efficient use of batteries is going to be the way forward. So. I'm really excited for our project to get released and for people to learn more about patents. I feel like we're going to benefit so many different research projects. 
I think you are definitely I'm definitely gonna like show the people it because I go to the university of Edinburgh so I'm definitely gonna show the people at Edinburgh what you've done <laughs> well, that'd be fantastic yeah. <laughs> okay so thank you so much for joining me thank you thank you <laughs>